This is Toastcaster, podcast for Toastmasters. Your host, Greg Gazin. Episode 97, Techniques for Remembering Just About Anything, with our guest, Kevin Oxner. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of Toastcaster. We have a special guest today. He's a return guest. It's Kevin Oxner. Kevin has been on the program at least three or four times. You might remember him from Visual Productivity, Episode 53, and how about doing your own personal content audit from Episode 75. And today, Kevin is coming on our show as the future memory expert. He doesn't want (laughs) anyone to forget him. Kevin Oxner, welcome to the program. Hey, Greg, thanks for having me back. It's, it's always great to be on your podcast, and I'm looking forward to our chat today. You know, we're, we're so busy these days, and half the time we, we can't remember what we're doing. In fact, I probably can't remember what I had for breakfast, and I understand that you've been really busy spending time not really remembering things, but actually memorizing or learning some techniques to memorize things. Tell us a little bit about that. This has been something that's been something I've been dreaming about or wanting to do for years and years and years. Do you mind if I give you a little bit of a quick backstory, Greg, before we get into this? Can I say no? (laughs) Can I say (laughs) yes? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. (laughs) Go for it, Gavin. There was this program that came out, and I'm sure some of your listeners will remember the name. It was called Mega Memory, and it was all over TD. This is back when there was infomercials and everyone was watching infomercials. And I said, I've got to have this program. I have to have a good memory. And he sold it amazingly. And my parents got it to me, for me for my uh, for Christmas. And I remember sitting there listening and thinking to myself, this is so easy. Where's the, you know, where's the mystical, cool technique? There was nothing. It was, you could learn the techniques in you know, a couple of minutes. It took a little bit of practice. And I remember after that thinking like, okay, is this all there is to it? And I tried some of the techniques and they weren't quite working for me. I couldn't visualize things the way he asked. I just let, let it go. But for year after year after that, you know, for at least 10 years on my yearly goals, I always at least wrote it down saying, this year's the year that I want to improve my memory and use these techniques and just see how far I can get using these techniques. Now, what are some of the things I know we chatted offline, we were talking cards, et cetera. What, were, what are some of the things that you've memorized or learned to memorize? For us, there, there's a certain, there's about 10 international disciplines for the Canadian and U.S. championships, there are four main categories. So number one is numbers. So just how many random digits can you remember in five minutes? There's names and faces. They'll give you the faces and names, first name, last name underneath. You have you know, five minutes again to remember how many, to see how many names you can remember. Uh, there's, it's called speed cards. You're given five minutes, but at this point in time, most people are, are in the you know, zero you know, under one minute, one minute, two minute kind of range. So these ones usually go faster than five minutes. And then the last one is called random words. And in Canada, it's you have 15 minutes to remember as many random words as possible. So four major categories. Because I know initially when we first started talking and you were telling me about memorizing a deck of cards, how long how long does it take you to memorize a deck of cards? Here's part of the issue too, is I I started a system and I'll we'll get into this a little bit. I saw that it wasn't going to get me where I wanted to go. So you know me, Greg, it's go big or go home. And I would, and you started on this massive, massive system. And so I haven't progressed as far as I really wanted to. I can do a deck of cards in under five minutes. It's not consistent. 
and I'm not always getting at this point, I'm not always getting 100% accuracy. So at this point, I'm 10 months into the starting this the gigantic system, and it's still we're still a little ways away from where the dream is supposed to take me. When we were speaking, you said that you could memorize a deck of cards in five minutes, and the first thing that came to mind was why. <laughs> but as we're speaking now, you started talking about memorizing names and memorizing faces. And so to me, this sounds like it has a more practical application, I think. Now, Greg, let me tell you the reason why I think the, the cards is important, okay? The cards is, has nothing to do as far as you know, actual something you could do in real life. But what it does is I think two things. One is it focuses on you going faster because you're sitting there, you're against the clock. You're like, okay, how fast can I go? And it's also very measurable. It's something where if I say, hey, watch this, and I can go through and, and say in you know, two or three minutes, I can memorize a deck, and then you and I flip the cards, it's really tangible. It's something I can show off to you, whereas numbers and, and words, they're okay. That's the thing about the cards. Deck for sure, out of the four, the cards has the least practicality. So you can memorize a deck of cards, which is fine maybe if you're going to the casino or something like that, although yeah. they probably don't like you doing that. No. But- we're again, as I said earlier, we're so busy in everyday life that being able to remember things like people's names and faces and passwords and part numbers, et cetera, et cetera, that could really, really be beneficial for someone. Let's look at the numbers, names and faces, and rewards. Let's talk about some of those applications, and then why don't we come back to the cards near the end, and we'll see if we can see if I can sell you on the benefits of memorizing a deck of cards quickly. Will I remember by the end of this? Well. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, I'll be able to teach you something, something quick. Sounds good. Okay, so first of all, numbers. Numbers is one of those things where people oftentimes are scared of the whole idea. Oh, numbers. Oh, math. For me, and, and I'll give you an example out of my life because it, it works for me. I work in, in manufacturing, and we have these long serial numbers. We have these numbers that define the types of products we use. We have the num numbers that define the, the models for one product, there's probably five or 10 different numbers that I can associate with these. So for me, it's nice. And they're long numbers. I can go in, I can look at a number, you know, whatever it is, 20 seconds, I can memorize the, the sort of the skew number or the, the serial number. I can memorize the model. I can memorize five or six aspects of this thing. I can walk somewhere else and I can input that or I can remember it down the line. So it's got a real world benefit for me. Everyone always says, well, phone numbers. Obviously, phone numbers. Yes, you can memorize someone's phone number. If you're doing anything, comparing things, as opposed to having to go back and forth, all you do is you um, you take the number, you memorize it, and then you, just, you can flip through a page and you can you know quickly search for things. So there's great benefits for actual numbers. It's nice. The basic thing for numbers is you can memorize one image, and everything's about images too. The whole point, I'll, this is the one-minute version of how to have a good memory, how, how to use these memory techniques. You make an image for everything you want to remember, and you put it somewhere. Actually, that's a 10-second version of it. That's all it's, that's all it's to it. Um, so what you could do is you can take one every, every digit from 0 to 9, or you know, whatever you want to call it, 1 to 10 kind of thing, and make an image for it. So you could have ones that sound the same. People use ones that are, you know, 2 is... Uh, to a shoe or sometimes there's they choose like a shape so two would be a swan because a swan kind of looks like a two the images don't matter but it's every time you see that digit it's going to be you're going to have a picture that associates with that digit 
You can learn a 10-digit system in, I don't know, what, five minutes probably. The next step up, though, is a two-digit system where you memorize 100. So now you have from every every number from 00, zero to 99 is going to have an actual picture associated with. And that's where I would recommend, if you're going to take this any further than the 1 to 10, stop there. Because I had that created, and when I did, I went, I don't know what I was thinking, I went from a two-digit system to a three-digit system. So, Greg, I have an image for every number from 000 to 999. And that's why it's taken me a long time. It took me six months to go through and, and internalize that system and memorize it and get that, just a system, ready to go. So then all you do is you take the number, make an image for it, and I take that and I put it in the location. So it's like the old thing where you you imagine yourself walking around your house. You imagine yourself walking around a park. At each location, the flagpole, the fence, the bike rack, those are all locations where we'll put a picture and that's it. As long as we know what, what the picture means and we bring it back to numbers, it just works. So how would you remember the number 397, for example? So 397 for me. And what I did was I used a system to uh, memorize numbers and it's based on something called the major system. So the major system, all it says is each number is going to have a certain sound associated with it. The image for me, though, is bubbles from Trailer Park, Trailer Park Boys. So I can I can picture bubbles, and he's my 397. So every time I think of 397, I've got bubbles either doing something to somebody, and he's the guy with the big Coke bottle glasses, if you're not familiar <laughs> with that one. And he, or either something's you know hitting him or smashing him or squishing him or or he's pushing somebody, so I've got a, a combination of people, usually kind of comical people, you know that I, I I like joking around, so it's kind of funny guys or just things that can squish and smash and hurt people too, and I kind of I do a lot of cartoon violence to make sure I, that all my <laughs> images are memorable. So three nine seven, for instance, too, uh, one of my my favorite ones is the one I talked about the schoolyard. It's a schoolyard that's just a block from our place, and uh, my my kids used to go there. My daughter used to go there. The first one I have is the flagpole. So I'd have bubbles climbing the flagpole, sliding down the flagpole, pushing the flagpole over, interacting with it, with it somehow so that if I go back to it, I know, okay, what was happening at the flagpole? Oh, yeah, bubbles was pushing it over, and it squished the tree. Huh, really funny. So that's how it makes it memorable for me. And that's it. For my serial numbers at work, I have to link about three images together. I'll take that image. I'll add another image. Maybe say it's uh, 900 for me is buses. The, the nine makes a P or a B, a P or a B sound. The zeros make a S or a Z sound. So for me, I got buses. Nine zero zero is buses. So I've got bubbles. He grabs his bus from behind. It's a huge, you know, city bus, and he starts smashing. The um, the flagpole with it. Great. I got it memorized. So now I know 397900. And you, just, you can link some of these things together by having, I always have the person either coming from the top or coming from the left. That's how I visualize things. So I know that Bubbles is doing something to the bus. So that way, if Bubbles is smashing the bus or he's hitting something with the bus, I know that the 397 comes before the 900. If it was 900397, it'd be easy. I'd have... I'd have the bus run over bubbles. <laughs> Isn't it easier just to look it up? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, and that's the thing is 
at first, it takes a little bit of extra brain power, just a tiny bit extra. And that's why most people, that's why I didn't do it in the past. But now that I've done it, I've, sp- I've spent a lot of time on this great call. <laughs> I've spent, my, my wife and kids have said, you know, daddy, please don't do any memory today. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm saying a three-digit system is, it's too much. But if you try a one-digit, one-digit's a little limiting because you, if you have, to have a four-digit number, you'd have to have four pictures together. Right. But the, the hundred pictures, you could learn that in a weekend. You know, there's lots of places online, they, they'll give you, they'll give you the hundred numbers, the hundred images they may not be perfect because they're not they're not personal, but they're still they'd be great for you. Uh, and I would I would actually highly recommend considering this. Try the try the ten digits, and if you can find kind of see where this might be going, do the hundred. Just do me a favor, don't do the thousand unless you're you're you know you like pain. So those are numbers. What about people's names? I know sometimes that's always a challenge. You go to a party or you go to an event and you meet so many people and it's like, okay, what was his name? What was her name? And I know I'm not the only one. Names is one of those things. And this is the, one of the biggest reasons why I want to really get back into this memory thing. And it's, it's tough because I spent so much time on the numbers and the cards that I haven't focused quite as much on the names as what I wanted to. So that's Really, my focus going into the summer is to spend a lot more time working on names and faces. And the names and faces is going to be pretty much exactly identical. The, the techniques, again, I gave you a 10-second guide, very, very similar. What we're going to do is take the name of a person. For instance, Greg. For me, it sounds similar to a keg, so a keg of beer. If I've got, if I'm meeting a guy named Greg, so I'm, I try and make sure that if if it's more popular names, I'll have more you know, something where I use it again and again and again. So if I meet you, I'll come in, I'll meet you and I'll see you and I'll take the keg because I know Greg equals keg and I'll put it somewhere, I'll associate it somewhere on your face or on your body with a distinguishing feature. Now, I went into a book and I found that this guy listed off 15 distinguishing characteristics of a face. So we are going from the head size, um, the, the look from the front, from the side, um, hair, facial hair, you know, eyebrows, forehead, all sorts of, you know, 15 different things. And so I'll go through, I'll run through my list and say, what, what's distinguishing? What stands out on this person? And then I'll, I'll add that picture the, the, from the, of the keg to Greg's glasses or Greg's eyebrows or your earlobes or something, right? Something that wh- whatever it is when you look at a person, it, maybe it stands out. Now, to enhance things, there's a benefit because this is something I got from, uh, his name's Ron White. He's a three-time uh, U.S. memory champion. He talks about how if you look at a person and you say, you say to yourself, you know, what's their name? What's their name? What's their name? You're never going to get it. You're never going to remember the name. But if you say to yourself, what stands out about that face to me? And if I saw it the first time, it, maybe it was it was the chin. Maybe you've got a you know a really dignified chin. And the next time I see you, I'm like, oh, it's the chin. What was happening on the chin? <gasps> ah, someone was smashing a beer keg into the chin. <laughs> so it's Greg. Hey, Greg. And so you reverse it. So you, instead of instead of focusing on the name, because people are usually good at faces, right? Yeah, true. Would you agree, Greg, that you're you're pretty good at faces? You're like, I know them. I know that person. What's the name? So instead, we, we actually, we reverse engineer it and we say, what stood out about that person? Okay, the chin, the eyebrows, this, 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 this. What was happening on the eyebrows? Oh, it was, there was a microphone and there was a microphone that was on each eyebrow as a microphone. Okay, I know the guy's name is Mike. 
And again, example, an easy example, mic, microphone, you know, it's simple, right? Some names are obviously harder to, to have images of, and so you just have to do your best. But some, you know, walk, you know, fall right into your lap. If someone shaves their beard or cuts their hair, does that mess you up? Well, it, and that's why facial hair is not one of the better ones. Facial hair, sometimes glasses. If I come and see you and you've changed your glasses, maybe you had these, you know, really wide ones or something distinguishing about the glasses, and now you come and you've got contacts in, well, now I've lost my little hook. You'll probably still be able to look at the person and say, oh, it was glasses the last time. So then it's whatever. You know, nothing's ever perfect, right? And it's about how much imagination and just a little bit of time and effort you spend putting in, in the details. The other thing to remember people's, people's names is also this. Usually, if I meet a person, I'll say, okay, that person was a welder. That person was a pilot. That person was whatever. So I, can, I know the names. I know their occupations a lot of times. But I'm like, name eludes me. So now what I do is I take that person and say, Greg, the guy I meet, Greg, or Mike, let's let's go with Mike. Mike is a pilot. Perfect. So now I'm going to imagine Mike in the cockpit of a plane with maybe, you know, the the pilot's hat on and maybe he's got the, you know, the the little thing with the, the, you know, whatever the gold rings around the arm. So, you know, he's a pilot kind of thing. And now I'm imagining that he's got microphones for his, uh, for his eyebrows. So it's again, and it's just one more thing to make the person memorable. That's all it is. It's instead of saying, oh, I never remember names and you give the person, you know, one second of your time. Instead, now I'm giving you five seconds of your time. This is fast stuff. Five seconds of my time is all it takes to remember this stuff. And the next time I see you, I'd have a way better chance of remembering their name. Now, of course, people are going to come up to me and say, Kevin, what's my name? And I'll be like, oh, man. <laughs> Too much pressure. <laughs> it's like anything. If you don't apply the techniques, Greg, they don't work. But as you do it more and more, right, it just some, for some reason, if I meet a person named Greg, oh, yep, yep, I don't have to think about it as much. So the better you get, the less perceived effort it takes to make those changes happen. But at the beginning, it takes a little bit of effort to think the picture up and to think of something goofy. And I would say, too, this is not something you're going to be sharing with people. You know, For the average person, it's like, hey, Greg, I just smashed a beer keg into your forehead. Or if you have a goofy image for a picture, some, you know, some an image you may come up with might be great and memorable for you, but it may not be flattering to the person who you're sharing it with. No kidding. <laughs> or, or, or potentially the item, maybe maybe it's their haircut or their lack of hair or something. So you, this is not something you're going to be sharing with how you're doing it, but the technique of having it memorable for you. And the important thing is memorable for you. So if someone has something unusual about their ears or their cheeks, use it just you're not posting on Instagram kind of thing. Like Spock, for example, right? Exactly. That'd be a great example. We'd use Spock's ears and, and poke them on something. Yep. And this makes total sense because if you think about the old adage that a picture is worth a thousand words and here you're basically saying, okay, I'm going to remember a one word name by using a picture. That would make so much sense. Yep. So how does this apply? So I'm thinking, okay, we talked about numbers. We talked about names, of course, faces associated with it, even occupations. How would using these techniques enhance, for example, your presentations? When I was uh, doing a lot of speeches at Toastmasters, I would go from club to club and I would meet so many people, even during table topics or during a speech, if you wanted to reference that person, or even if you think about it, maybe you want to reference, uh, well, I'll say Mark Twain, this word, these words, and I want to quote this person. But sometimes when you're nervous, you're like, oh, I forgot the name. Okay. There's this quote by this, um, um, this guy 
But if you can have the quote and you've, you know, you've spent a couple techniques, we'll talk about this, text some techniques to memorize the quote. And then you've got a picture of someone saying it, or you've got something, but Mark, for me, Mark is a marker, a marker pen. So I've got this big Sharpie marker and I, I'm drawing all over the place. So now I've memorized the thing, this, the quote, and I've spent just, you know, again, five seconds memorizing the person's name who gave us the quote. So I'll be like, blah, 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 blah. And according to Mark Twain, <laughs> because in my mind, I can look back and I can associate that image with the with the person who who gave us the quote. Right. You can picture the quote even being written in marker or Sharpie. And again, if I go and I meet 20 people at a club, I can say, hey, hey John, what about this? Hey, Mark, what about this? You know, Ted, what about this? Wow. And it sounds like these techniques can also be used for passwords as well. It's another thing that was just coming to mind as I had to reset yet another password earlier today. And I, I know, Greg, I was talking about this with you before before we went online. But uh, yeah, for me, for passwords, passwords is one of the things that I do not memorize. I could, uh, but I don't memorize my own passwords because I have mine who are, they're usually 12, 16, 18, you know, characters long. And I have a password manager that I let them, let that do all the work. But for some of the ones that I need to remember, for sure, you can use these techniques to remember passwords as well. But again, it depends. If you have spaces and you have asterisks and you have, you've got all sorts of parentheses and whatever else in there, you may need to create an image for some of those extra characters, figure out the way you're going to remember it. And a lot of times you, you don't have to be exact. If you can just remember kind of what the password was and you've got some sort of reasoning to it, you can probably remember the password fairly easily. Well, Kevin, this has been absolutely a slice. And to be perfectly honest with you, I can't visualize and I can't picture. And I'm not even sure if we've even covered everything you said you were going to talk to. But this is certainly eye-opening. As we end our session this morning, is there one thing that you can offer our listeners to help them start on this journey of ultra-memorization? Sure, absolutely. It, it comes down to this. And I heard, I've heard this so many times and it took me... I had to get beat over the head with it until until I actually tried it. And when I tried it, it worked. It's this. Make goofy pictures, memorable pictures out of everything you see and put it on a location. So the locations could be in your house. You could have a chair and then the table and then a picture. Have a couple images that you just go through again and again and again. Make a crazy picture. Put it on that location and just see what happens. If it works, hey, take it further. If it doesn't work for you, no harm, no foul. Kevin, when I think of Kevin, I think 7-Eleven. Kevin, 7-Eleven, Kevin. Ah, oh, nice. 7-Eleven, of course, Greg, is uh, a, is uh, several uh, spray bombs, the spray can, spray paint cans. Imagine that as you're going off, Greg. You'll never forget 7-Eleven. <laughs> I'm thinking Slurpee. <laughs> <laughs> Can't do Slurpee, Greg. That's 56. <laughs> Slush. I'm sorry I even asked you. <laughs> I can do this all day, Greg. I got a thousand. <laughs> okay, what's a thousand? I, well, zero, zero, zero is Dr. Seuss in the thingamajigger. Yeah, so it's it's uh, the cat in the hat in the thingamajigger. Oh, God. This is going to become infinity. What's your picture for infinity? <laughs> okay, I'll get back to you on that one. <laughs> get back to me on that one. If someone wants to find out more about you and find out more about memorization, how can they reach you, get a hold of you, et cetera? You know what, Greg? Everyone can head over to visualproductivity.net. And I haven't posted in a little while, but of course, I've got a lot of good stuff that I want to talk about memory, uh, about productivity, um, you obviously using mind maps, which I'm still a big a big proponent of, and they can always check me out there for sure. Kevin Oxner, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much. Thanks, Greg. 
Once again, this is Greg Gazin. We appreciate you tuning in. Now, I'm not sure how you joined us, whether you joined us through directly through Toastcaster.com or iTunes, but either way, you can pick up the podcasts there. If you really enjoyed the podcast, we'd really appreciate if you took a moment to leave us some feedback on iTunes because it really helps with our ratings. Plus, also feel free to drop us a line. Tell us what types of things you're interested in, what your Toastmaster specialty is, or what kinds of things you like to speak about. And perhaps maybe we'll even have you on the show. This is Greg Gazin. Till the next time. This episode was sponsored by Corey Outsmarts the Butterflies. A new book by Greg Gazin, geared to ages 8 to 80. Whether you want to improve your speaking skills or build your confidence, this short read is suitable for all ages. It's available at outsmartingthebutterflies.com. <laughs>